For Wednesday, the 25th of August, 2021, this is Sparrox Games, episode 215. Well, it has been quite a while since my last installment of this podcast. Um, haven't done an episode since uh, 15th of June. Um, so pretty much all the summer has, has come and gone since um, this last episode. And uh, I guess there's several reasons for that. Uh, one of the main ones being that I... Um, I reinstalled my phone during the summer, and after that, the Anchor app just just won't work uh, on it. Not sure what it's about. Um, so uh, that's been my previously previous uh, main uh, way of recording straight into the app, uh, which is really handy. But um, I guess um, um, recording it just on my phone and, and then. Uh, and then editing on my PC is, is will be just as fine. Uh, so that's what I'm going to be doing this time. Um, so quite a lot has happened. Um, one of the other reasons I, I haven't re- been recording is be- because um, well, I, I just haven't felt like I had all that much to say. <laughs> um, I've continued playing some of the, uh, some of the decks that I, I was playing. Um, of course, um, we've had a new set uh, during the summer, which I have yet to have talked about. Um, and uh, I've been playing quite a lot of um, of limited in um, in uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. So, and uh, and of course, messing around with the the cards <clears throat> in there as well. So. Um, I, I'm sure I've uh, been doing a lot of that. Um, one of the first decks I put together was, well, m- pretty much copied uh, from uh, CGB, was this uh, Flower Power deck, which is uh, a deck he put together uh, during the, um, just a preview uh, day, whatever they had. Um, so, or it was maybe on release day. But, um, so my version is... Uh, a little bit different, but um, pretty much the same. It's an all-white, mono-white, aggro deck, I guess. Um, the main new cards is the Grandmaster of Flowers, um, which is a new Planeswalker, um, which is for two and a, two and two white. Um, it's a uh, three loyalty planeswalker that reads as long as grandmaster of flowers has seven or more loyalty counters on him he's a seven seven dragon creature uh, with flying and indestructible and you can plus one um, to target a creature without first strike double strike or vigilance and that creature can't attack or block until your next turn or another plus one uh, is to search your library and or graveyard uh, for a card named <clears throat> Monk of the Open Fist or Open Hand. Um, reveal it and put it into your hand. And if you search your library this way, shuffle. So uh, the other new card uh, in here is, of course, then the um, Monk, the Monk of the Open Hand. And I have uh, 
four copies of each of those. Um, the monk is a 1-1 uh, elf monk for one white, and it has uh, Flurry of Blows, um, which is whenever you cast your second spell each turn, put a plus one plus one counter on monk of the open hand. So, of course, the idea is to... Um, to um, uh, combo these together so you can uh, play the monk and uh, play something else and uh, get a counter on the monk. Um, and also, of course, you use the uh, Grandmaster Flowers to uh, to slow down your opponent by um, by uh, pretty much uh, um, tapping out one of their creatures. Um, and um, then once you get to seven loyalty, um, you get the uh, seven seven uh, flying indestructible dragon. So pretty powerful way to end the game there. Uh, rest of the cards are your standard um, white uh, mono aggro cards. Uh, L seed of life's bounty, selfless savior, clarion spirit, luminarch aspirant. Elite Spellbinder, Maul of the Skyclaves, Redain, God of the Worthy, Skyclave Apparition, uh, Legion, One Legion Angel, and um, Faces Heaven, Haven and Snow col uh, Covered Plains. Um, but I also put in a few other new ones. I have one issue, uh, one uh, copy of Dancing Sword, which is an, uh, an equipment for one and white. Uh, equipped creature gets two uh, plus two plus one and when equipped creature dies you may have dancing sword become a two one construct artifact creature with flying and ward one if you do it isn't an equipment and it costs one to equip so good way of uh, boosting one of your creatures fairly cheaply and uh, then once it dies uh, the creature dies you uh, get to keep the equipment as a another creature and so this is a <clears throat> pretty much a go-wide deck. Uh, that's pretty handy. Um, the other new card is Cave of the Frost Dragon. Since we have these uh, creature lands, uh, colored creature lands in the set. Um, and this is a, a land that reads, if you control two or more other lands, Cave of the Frost Dragon enters the battlefield tapped. You can tap up one white, and you can play four and one white, to have Cave uh, the Frost Dragon become a 3-4 white dragon creature with flying until end of turn. And it's still a land. So I've been doing really well with this deck. I have a 67% uh, win rate, uh, uh, win-loss ratio. And uh, I've been doing, doing good against uh, pretty much all matchups except um, Slesnia uh, uh, salt tie and the four colored with the uh, blue, black, red, and green. Uh, yeah, green. Of course, I only played a single match against all three of those, so uh, not very good stats there. Um, strange thing is that uh, I wonder if this stat is really right. It says I've played 17 6 against. Uh, all uh, uh, colorless. Uh, pretty sure that's not right. Um, this statistic seems a bit off. Uh, 
But um, regardless, I've had good success with it. Um, I um, I did uh, move up. Um, let's see if I have some ranked stats here. Um, <clears throat> previous um, the previous uh, season, I uh, moved up uh, two or three places um pretty much all through platinum with the help of this deck uh it was only on at the end that i switched up um once i reached platinum rank one i, I started having trouble with this deck so i had to switch it out but uh other than that it's uh it's been working well for me and um it's pretty fun to play of course it's uh doesn't take all that much uh, brain power so um Sometimes I feel guilty for playing it because it's kind of like, well, the mono white and the mono red decks are uh, uh, fairly often, um, well, not that sophisticated play. So, uh, but still, fun, fun to mess around with. So, like I mentioned, I've uh, also been playing <clears throat> quite a bit of uh, limited. Um, played a, a pretty good uh, amount of um, Adventure in the Forgotten Realms uh, Limited. Um, looks like, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, at least eight um, events. And... Um, <clears throat> It's gone uh, up and down. Uh, last one I did, I, I uh, went to 4 and 3, so 57%. Before that, I had a really bad one um, at just 33, 1 and 2. Um, before that, 5 and 3, 63%. 25, 1 and 3, 57, 4 and 3. Uh, so it's been pretty much going back and forth uh, every other one um, between being over 50% or under. <clears throat> And um, so I guess on average I'm doing 50-50, maybe. Um, but it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy uh, playing limited. Uh, I've, I've, like I mentioned before, I've, I've gotten into it, um, <clears throat> I guess, since uh, Kaldheim, I guess, was the first, uh, yeah, first set that I really, really um, dove into it um, to any extent. Um, and uh, like... Um, I've I've heard um I'm pretty sure that um you get a better deal out of playing limited um because you are um compensated for any any uh, rares or mythics that you already have four of and um so you don't really have to and and also you don't have to uh, choose the 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 rares just because they're rare because uh uh, if you focus on making a really good deck, a cohesive deck, and winning instead, then you get uh, uh, experience and, and uh, gems and uh, whatnot, um, and, and boosters, of course. So, <clears throat> so you'll you'll uh, you'll even out that anyway, uh, probably to your favor, especially if you if you win more than half of your matches. Um, so, and also besides. Uh, Besides the uh, adventure in the Forgotten Realms, 
there's been a couple of special events uh, limited um, with the previous sets uh, that <clears throat> where you've gotten your first uh, uh, what's it called um, well your entry fee you get like a token uh, for free and uh, I played one set um, or one match of uh, what's that called Kaldahir remastered uh, Kaladesh remastered and uh, went really well. I got uh, I went six and three, so sixty-seven percent. Just lost um, one game short of of hitting that uh, seven wins, uh, and that was just a, a fuck up <laughs> on my part. In the end, I was just a bit too tired and a bit too cocky um, <clears throat> on the last uh, game. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun, and uh, it was fun to to discover all these cards that I'm I pretty much have no um, uh, had no knowledge of, um, and it got me interested in going back and playing some more historic. I've been playing a fair amount of historic using my Arclight Arclight uh, Phoenix deck that I talked about previously. Um, that has been really good. Uh, consistent winner and it's, it's it's always at uh, around 60 percent or more um wins and um and although uh, many of the cards in this uh i made a boros um Kaladesh deck um most of those wouldn't fit in that particular deck but there's a lot of interesting um artifact um cards and or cards that are affected or affect artifacts um that uh, got me interested because uh besides my arc like arc light phoenix deck uh, my other historic deck that i play a lot is my um um uh Tesseret, uh deck which is based around mostly ugins and uh, other artifacts uh, and uh um so called for forsaken monument i think um <clears throat> But uh, anyway, um, yeah, it did make me want to get back into Historic. So I've been messing around with a fair amount of Historic decks as well. Um, going back and, and looking at uh, at uh, at uh, how I can combine or make variants of decks that I've played in the past, um, but now with... Uh, a bigger pool of cards to choose from, uh, especially um, <clears throat> uh, bo both the new sets and also the uh, older historic sets um, that I couldn't use when I when when the deck was uh, in standard. Um, so the arc, like like I mentioned, I've been messing around back and forth with it at the moment. It's at sixty four percent win uh, rate, so doing really well with that deck. Um, also re um, Created a couple of uh, Krenko and um, and uh, Dreadhorde uh, Arcanist, I think it's called uh, decks. That um, yeah, it was a deck uh, I really enjoyed um, playing before last rotation. Um, so uh, <clears throat> the first thing I did was I, I made the. Uh, the Arcanist deck, um, pick it up. Uh, Historic Dread is the name of this deck. Um, 
so it has four four uh, dreadhorde arcanists um and the card that i i decided to um pair it with uh which is the combo that I, I play the most in this deck is uh, Kick in the Door, which is a, uh, a sorcery from for one red from Adventures in the Forgotten Realm. And it reads, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. That creature gains haste until end of turn and can't be blocked by walls this turn. Venture into the dungeon. So you get to put a plus one, plus one counter on the uh, Dread or Arcanist. Um, perhaps you've even played it this time, so or this turn, so... Uh, you get to attack with it immediately. So you have a 2-4. Uh, and of course you get to cast it another time because of the ability of the Arcanist. So you're up to a 3-5 and you've also uh, dove in, ventured into the dungeon twice. Um, <clears throat> and I said to go for the... Um, I don't have the names of the dungeons here, but um, the... Uh, the shorter dungeon, um, it starts out with a scry, which is always helpful for that next turn, uh, followed up by, you can either create a 1-1 goblin or a treasure. Mostly I'll create a treasure, so I'll be ready for my next turn uh, to, to uh, really ramp quickly. Um, or if I'm, if I'm having problems with uh, mana, uh, it's always helpful. But um, the Goblin can always be good if you need a, a jump blocker or something. Uh, so that's uh, another way to go. Um, in this deck, um, it's a it's a Rakdos uh, list. So um, I decided to to I've I've tried uh, <laughs> a really. <laughs> exorbitant amount of versions of this deck, trying all kinds of different uh, combinations, try to find um, what I wanted to do with it. Um, initially, I was trying to um, just, I played Yudaro and Tresmogrify in it, and I was trying to <clears throat> uh, create uh, tokens that I could use, token creatures that I could uh, uh, sacrifice with Transmogrify to get Tidoro in, into play. But uh, Transmogrify, turns out, is uh, too expensive still, uh, as it is. So um, I've been messing around with it and then uh, slowly moving away from that. And uh, although I haven't put in any other creatures besides the... Um, um, Besides the um, Arcanist, I do have uh, a whole bunch of um, um, Planeswalkers instead, and I decided to make it into a Blood on the Snow deck. Uh, it's kind of a strange combination, but uh, it, it works pretty well. Um, what it uh, usually does is it uh, starts out with the Dread or Arcanist and the kick, kick in the door, and... You uh, get some Bastion of Remembrance into play, and uh, Chandra Acolyte of Flame, and then um, and then hopefully Loth, uh, the Spider Queen. After that, so you start pumping up your Loth with the uh, the uh, Elementals that are sacrificed each turn by Chandra. Also have a couple of Witches Cauldron in here, which is uh, an artifact for one from uh, Course of Twenty Twenty One. 
Uh, it's an artifact for one black. Um, and for one and a black, you can tap it and sacrifice a creature, so you gain one life and draw a card. So it's an extra way of getting some extra value out of that uh, those uh, elementals that are dying at each turn. Or um, if, if one of your other creatures is, is targeted. Uh, I also have uh, two plum the, plum the Forbidden to also um, keep the drawing of cards going. Uh, use that on the uh, elementals or possibly on the spiders from Loth if they're about to die. Loth. Um, of course, since I have four blood in the snow, I tend to do a lot of uh, killing of all the creatures. So that's also um, uses for the uh, the cauldron and the uh, from the forbidden to to uh, get some extra value. Of course, the, I'm also playing since I'm playing Bastion of Remembrance, getting some extra life out of the whole deal as well. Um, I have three sudden breakthroughs, which uh, is a instant for one and red <clears throat> from Strixhaven, and. Uh, you target a creature, it gets plus two, plus zero, and gains first strike until end of turn, and you create eight treasures. That's another way of uh, ramping uh, and an efficient way of uh, charging up your Dreadhorde Arcanist so you can uh, use uh, use it twice as well, uh, which is really handy. Um, I have one Liliana Dreadhorde General, um, pretty expensive. Uh, um, well, it's a more expensive um, planeswalker. Um, so, but uh, whenever you a creature control dies, you get to draw a card with it, and uh, you can also create two, two, or uh, two, two <laughs> uh, black uh, zombie creature tokens. Mm. Uh, so that's uh, another good use for that card. I haven't really played it all that much yet in this deck, um, but um, but still, it's in there. Then of course I have the lands, uh, some snow, swamps and mountains, uh, Faces Haven, uh, four blight step pathways, uh, four blood crypts, and four sulfurous mine, which is of course also snow covered. Um, this deck is a lot of fun. I haven't done very well uh, in the ranks. Uh, if I look at the uh, play queue, uh, doesn't look that good either. 48%, uh, 20 matches, 22 uh, losses, 22, yeah. Um, although the last iteration I made, I'm at 50 50. Um, and uh, a few before that, 50 50, and then 100%. Uh, so. I think this is uh, mainly due because I've been doing so much experimenting with this deck, trying different versions and uh, trying to find something that really works well. That, um, uh, yeah, there's a lot of loss losses um, earlier on in the deck's history. Um, but yeah, I didn't feel like I was getting there with that deck, um, like I said, so... Um, I decided to <clears throat> to um, to push on uh, and um, sorry, just need to bring up my so I um 
decided to go with a, a strictly red red version instead. Um, I wanted to bring Krenko into the mix uh, since it also benefits greatly by having its power um, increased. So um, since I was happy with uh, my experience with uh, kicking the door, I, I thought uh, I, I wanted to try that combination as well. Uh, of course, I, I kept the Dreadhorde Arcanist around, um, but um, like I said, it's a completely red deck. Um, I have three Krenko, the Street Kingpin, in here. Uh, I haven't uh, splurged on a fourth one. Um, might do that at some point if I if I feel like it, but I, I feel it comes up uh, well enough. It, it is legendary, so... Um, you can only have one anyway at the time, so I uh, don't want to sit there with too many on hand. Um, as opposed to the Dead Horde Arcanist, which is not legendary, so you can easily just play as many as you want. But uh, anyway, um, <clears throat> for this red version, I have, at the moment, I've, I've been experimenting some more with this as well, but at the moment I put into Academic Dispute which is an instant for one red uh, from Strixhaven. And it reads, target creature blocks this turn if able. You may have it gain reach until end of turn, and you get to learn. So this can either have, you can either use this to force an opponent's creature to, to block, so if you know you're going to kill it, um, or you can use it to, to give one of your creatures reach. Um, so that um well for blocking purposes of course um but uh yeah i, I thought that might, might be a good way to to get rid of key um key creatures that your opponent has that uh they might not want to block with um so i'm playing around with that so i just have two at the moment um i also have two Built to Smash, uh, which is another instant for one red. Uh, this is one is from Kaladesh Remastered. So this is a card that I... Uh, I don't know if I would say that I um, discovered it with the limited set. I don't think I had this. Um, actually, I did. I did have them. But uh, I was just looking around at what uh, instants I had that were cheaper for one red and uh, came across this. So <clears throat> it's really interesting because there's a bunch of different instances that will boost your creature for a turn uh, for one red. But I think this one is the one that's uh, the highest uh, with no real drawback. And uh, it, it gives it plus three, plus three until end of turn. And if it happens to be an artifact creature, it gains trample as well. But uh, that, that's not going to be the case in, in this deck. Um, but... Uh, um, actually, well, it could be. In my latest version, I do have, uh, um, uh, oh, what's that called? The, um, Colorless Land, um, that is also a creature. Uh, I don't remember what it's called. But anyway, I, I switched out my mountains for snow-covered mountains and put that in Forsaken Monument, I guess. Forsaken, no? That's not it. <laughs> Never mind. You know which one I mean. Uh, anyway, so th th that might happen. Um, but anyway, I have a couple of those. I have four Fireblade 
chargers uh, since uh, when, when it dies it will do damage to any target equal to its power so boosting that could be really good uh, of course the four kick down the doors for dreadhorde arcanist uh, this deck has so, a sudden breakthrough uh, for those. Um, I have two Annex Hardened by the Forge, which is um, good because it, it uh, gets a pretty high power. Uh, and I, um, um, and I um, play with, uh, what's that? Uh, uh, Kasul's Fury, which will let me um, uh, sacrifice the creature, creature to have it do damage equal to its power to any target. So uh, that could be a good uh, game ender. Um, I have two Enthusiastic Study, which is an instant for two and a red. Target creature gets plus three plus one and gains trample in the turn. Uh, so it's similar to the other one, but this one also lets you learn. Of course, it doesn't give as much uh, toughness, but uh, lets you learn. So uh, this deck tends to run out of cards. Um, so being able to access the, uh, the learn board is um, really key to, to getting some extra cards. Um, then as I... Yeah, I have a couple of Fierce Rise, which... Uh, as well, will give an extra card uh, put into exile that I can play uh, if I have a creature with power four or greater, which is uh, well the goal to do as quickly as possible. Uh, also, have four Everquill Phoenix, which is a really good combination with Krenko and uh, Arcanist, and uh, well, also the Fireblade Charger, but not to as much uh, big an extent. So besides giving it flying and, and bringing up its base power and toughness to four, um, it also um, creates that uh, artifact uh, feather that will let you bring back the phoenix uh, once it dies. So in the sect, you're getting a, a, another creature um, after it dies. But uh, yeah, that, that's uh, really devastating with Cranko. You start really p pumping out those uh, little goblins uh, really quickly, uh, and uh, people I haven't seen that. I think I think I've only seen one other person ever use this combo. Um, so it's fun because uh, people don't seem to to be expecting it. Um, I have one Rowan Fearless Spark Mage, which is the uh, Planeswalker from um, Eldraine, um, which lets you. It, well, it costs three and two red. Uh, for a plus one, it uh, lets you target a creature that gets plus three plus zero until end, or end first strike until end of turn. Really handy um, with the the Arcanist and Grinko. Uh, minus two to have it deal one damage to up to two target creatures, uh, and they can't block this turn, which is also really really a, a good combination with the the two aforementioned creatures and then for minus nine the ultimate you can gain control of all creatures until end of turn untap them and they gain haste until end of turn. so that's really a game ender if you ever get there i, I think i've i think i've never ever, ever uh, actually gotten there uh, i haven't played with Rowan fearless spark mage all that much though but uh still 
Um, then I have two amber cleaves and a bunch of mountains. So fun deck to play. Um, but mostly playing in the play queue with this. Uh, although I have played some rank and I'm at 57% uh, win rate. Uh, just four four wins to three losses. So not much to go on there. Um, I'll check the play queue for Equivia here. Uh, see what it says. Yeah, that doesn't look as good. Uh, 19 to 27, 41% win rate. But uh, that's also because this is a deck that I have been messing around quite a lot with. Uh, it was actually a completely, uh, completely other deck before this. <laughs> but it seems to... Um, uh, Untapped GG doesn't realize that it's a new deck. Because... Um, I tend to reuse the same deck, just give it a new name, remove all the cards and put in something new instead of saying create new deck. Uh, because otherwise, uh, well, I'm over the limit of amounts of decks I can have. And so I'd have to remove a bunch of decks to be able to get a new one. So uh, this way I can, I can avoid that. But uh, it does make, mess with the statistics. So looking at just this last version, which is actually this deck, uh, it has 80% win rate uh, in play queue, which is 4-1. Uh, Not a lot of matches, but, but still uh, something completely different. I'll check the ranked and see if I actually played any ranked with this. Um, uh, yeah... I, I did, but um, yeah, those, those stats aren't very good, uh, 33%. Well, anyway, um, that's that's it on on uh, that 